Jinkies! Welcome to another episode of the Unmasked History of Scooby-Doo, the podcast where we delve into the mystery of Scooby-Doo media, getting clues from people who helped bring our favorite mystery-solving dog to life on various platforms, and maybe eating some Scooby snacks along the way. I'm your host, Alexa Lawler. Scooby-Doo, where are you? And it would have been mine if it hadn't been to those meddling kids. Gang, we've just been handed our next mystery. Blasted meddling kids. <laughs> On today's episode, I chatted with Slade Echeverria from Ann Arbor. You may recognize Ann Arbor from their version of What's New Scooby-Doo, which was used for the 2009 live-action movie Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins. Also, before we start, I have some exciting news. The Unmasked History of Scooby-Doo is now available wherever you like to listen to podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn. But I'm super excited about this episode, so let's get right to the interview. Hey Slade, thanks for being on the show today. No problem. Thank you so much for having uh, for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Super stoked. Of course. So if you're game, I'd like to start off with a quick three-question trivia game. Cool. Let's do it. Question one. In Scooby-Doo, the mystery begins, how does Scooby meet Shaggy? And I have some options for you here. A, Shaggy adopts Scooby at a pet fair. B, Scooby crashes through Shaggy's window after seeing a ghost. Or C, Shaggy finds Scooby in a box on the side of the road. I'm going to go with B, crashes through the window. That is correct. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Love it. Question two, uh, you and I, by Ann Arbor, obviously, yeah. uh, is played in what sequence during The Mystery Begins? A, the chase scene. B, the Shaggy and Scooby friendship sequence. C, in the credits. Uh, D, both the chase scene and the credits. Or E, both the friendship sequence and the credits. Oh, man, this is going to be, okay. I I know I I think it's just the credits. No, it's actually in it's E, both the Shaggy and Scooby friendship sequence and really? in the okay, credits. That's, oh, that's so awesome. Right on. I love that. See, I was like I knew I knew that I was in the credits, but I I did not know we wrote the song for like a like a love scene, so like I guess that makes a lot of sense. That's really funny. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> And last question for the trivia game. Uh, True or false, the Ann Arbor version of What's New Scooby-Doo has also been used in trailers for Scooby-Doo animated movies. False. It's true. What? Yeah, it's been used for a lot. Oh my god, I had no idea. How are you finding all this stuff? I have the DVDs for all of them, and so watching like various ones, there's trailers, so it's played in... uh, the trailer for Big Top Scooby-Doo, Stage Fright, the WWE one, Frank and Creepy, Moon Monster Madness. It's in a bunch of them. Yes, I love it. Wow, that's so cool. Wow, you're filling me on this. I had no idea. That's awesome. Um, I have a I have a three-year-old, and she's been like just getting into Scooby-Doo, and we watch What's New Scooby-Doo, and they have the Simple Plan version um, of, of our song. Yeah, and we I'm always like, oh, you know, your your dad did a cool version of this song, and she's like, yeah. it's just it's just really funny because I hear the simple plan version all the time, so it's it's really cool. Yeah. 
And so to kick off the actual questions, uh, what's your relationship to Scooby-Doo? Did you grow up watching or did you not really have an interest in it? Oh, yeah. So I grew up watching like the original Scooby-Doo cartoons, um, like the classic ones that had the, the original song. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? You know that one? Yeah. That that was like what I grew up to. And then like, you know, the Scrappy-Doo and like the little little guy came on when they were a younger version. But I oh, totally grew up on, on Scooby-Doo. I love it. What's your favorite memory of Scooby-Doo? Is it watching it with your kid now? Or is it when you were watching it growing up? Um, I honestly think while I was growing up, I mean, I'm sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build all these memories with my child. But as, as for now, um, when I was little, man, Scooby-Doo was kind of scary because they also had that, that humor to it. But it was also like there was like suspense and a little bit of scariness to it. So I remember being scared watching it with my mom. Um, and she would, I mean, she was never a big Yankees cartoon, but I just, I always loved it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely my earliest memory, just being scared. <laughs> my first, like, memories of being really scared, you know? Definitely. How did the opportunity come up for you guys to be part of Scooby-Doo the Mystery Begins? Uh, so, funny story, we had just signed to Help Us Records, and the Cartoon Network was looking for a band to do... Um, like the next Scooby-Doo thing and Hopeless Records didn't really throw our name out there. They were just like, here's our roster. Here's what you're working with. Do any of these bands catch your ear? And basically they were like, we really like this band. It happened to be Ann Arbor. And, you know, we were so, we, we let, we didn't even go to college. We, we signed right out of high school. So in all honesty, we really didn't comprehend what was going on until after it happened kind of. So they called us on. They're like, Hey guys, you want to be a part of the Scooby-Doo? Like, you know, the saga, basically like this whole, like this whole, I don't even know what you want to call it, legacy of Scooby-Doo. You know, you, you guys can be a part of it. And we absolutely jumped on it. So it was, it, it came, it came down to hopeless asking us because Cartoon Network was looking for a band to work with and they just happened to pick us. They liked our vibe, which thank, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We lucked out, honestly. It's such a great opportunity. Yeah. And so had you ever had your music featured in a movie before then at all? Um, uh... Let's see. So we did a lot of like Jersey Jersey Shore stuff and like MTV stuff. But when it came to like a kids television show like Scooby Doo and like you know Nickelodeon anything like that, no, we had never done anything like that big. So when we got this opportunity, it was like we had to do it. I remember when I told my mom, she was like, "Oh my God, Scooby Doo! You you love that as a child, you know?" It was like it was such a cool. It was it's definitely a milestone for me in my my life, you know, to be a part of that legacy. It's so cool. What was your experience doing it? So basically, I mean, so so like I said, they kind of they asked us to do it. We kind of signed on. We're like, yeah, sure, let's do let's do the Scooby Doo stuff. Um, like a week went by. We drove. We're from Phoenix, Arizona, so we had to drive to L.A. Um, we met up in the Cartoon Network headquarters, and they were like, let's meet the whole band. They kind of like sized us up, you know, looked how looked at how we dressed, and you know the kind of vibe that we were giving off. They had a, a whole other closet for us in another room. They're kind of like, okay, so we want to do a music video, guys. Want you guys to write a song. That's um, you know, like um, what's the song? Uh, it's by a band called the Turtles. I think it's I can't see me loving nobody but you for all my life. They were like, we want you guys to write a song like this. So we signed on. We're like, yeah, sure, great. Give us you know like a couple weeks. We went home. Um, wrote the song in our guitarist's like closet because at the time I know we were like just out of high school we didn't really we were living you know just by paycheck to paycheck we didn't really have much going on so met up in his closet wrote this song um, and we pitched it to him like this is great we love it went to the studio recorded it and then they were like we also want you guys to do um, the simple plan version of what's new Scooby Doo 
And we had never heard the song. I actually had never even heard um, of the series What's New Scooby-Doo. So we checked it out, like, easy. We went to our producer. He was like, great, you guys are going to kill this. We kind of put our own spin on it, which is which is really, really cool. Um, but once we got that done, then they wanted to make a music video for You and I, uh, which we which was, like, the kind of turtle version of I Can't See Me, Love Nobody About You, which is kind of like a friendships type of song, you know, like a feel-good song, like about you and your best friend type of thing or somebody that you loved. Um, and we were like, yeah, sure. So they were like, let's get you guys in a, let's get you guys in a music video. So we, I remember we like, I think we were on tour and we happened to go through LA that day. And so they planned it like early in the morning. So we went to this, like, it was like in Warner brothers, like this crazy beat up warehouse that was like four movies and stuff. Right. Um, really, really cool. Um, they were like, yeah, you know what kind of the videos that for uh, Sex on Fire by Kings Leon was actually filmed in the same, um, same like warehouse that we did the you and I video, which was really cool. But, um, anyways, when we showed up, um, they were like, had this like whole makeup set and like breakfast. This guy was making omelets for us, had a whole bunch of fruit cut up. You know, there's like a bunch of people on the set. Like, you got to understand, we're coming from hometown kids in a garage in like phoenix arizona so this is like big time for us we were like wow this is like really fucking cool you know we have all these people kind of waiting on us hand and foot for this like music video it was super awesome so it was definitely an experience that we had never um been a part of before that we kind of it was like the real deal like i they were putting spray spray makeup on me which i had never you know come across before which is totally new to me so that was like super cool um and yeah, they did part by part. They gave us all these like, you know, like these these costumes that were part of the video. And they told us like the the the, the outline of the video and like how everything was going to go. But we really didn't know how it was going to turn out. But um, by the end of it, I think we were all really happy. And still, that's one of our top, top, you know, songs that we have right now is You and I. So love Scooby-Doo for that. I cannot, cannot uh, bash them. I love it. It's great. Um. So had you had You and I written before the movie or was it specifically written for Scooby-Doo? So when they came to us, we were in the middle of writing a record actually. And it, they hit us at a great spot because I think Hopeless Records knew that we were writing a record. So like, yo, maybe we can throw us on the record too. It'll be like a movie motion picture type thing. Um, but we wrote the song for the movie, not knowing that it was going to be on the record. So we just wrote it for the movie. Okay. And um, yeah, it was doing so well that we were like, let's just put it on the, the record, you know, and that's what we did. Awesome. Because I was having trouble, like, trying to work out the dates between, like, the Free Your Mind EP versus the album versus Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, honestly, that song would not be written if it wasn't for them to come with a, come to us and be like, hey, can you write a song about best friends? And that's why we, we wrote it. So I that, that song wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for them. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And what's the difference between recording an album specifically for the band and then recording a song for a movie? Do you have a lot more uh, voices telling you what to do or? Yeah. So like opposed to like writing a, you know, a song just for the band rather than for like a movie like that. Um, I mean, when it comes to just writing for the band, I get to put my personal experiences into it and like kind of more nitty gritty stuff a part of my life that maybe you wouldn't want to hear in like a movie song. Um, but I mean, then again, it just comes to the writer. So when it came to the, to the song about Scooby-Doo, it was like, okay, so now we have, we have a topic to write about, you know, we have an outline that we want. This is what the movie's about kind of type of thing. And this is what the part that we're writing the song for is about. So we, we kind of had an idea before we went into it about what the song um, was going to be about, as opposed to me, 
kind of just writing on the fly about maybe what happens to me in my life, um, you know, as day, day by day goes. It was kind of like a, definitely about, you know, my friends in my life and, you know, about my best friend or whatever. But it's also, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just more structured, I suppose, you know, rather than just, you know, writing on the fly and you know, out of your head, you know. Before the movie came out, did you get to see it and where your music would be featured? Um, they did, you know, they, they actually didn't let us see the movie when it came out, but they sent us like five or six copies when it came out. And um, yeah, we, we all watched it. It's great, great movie. We all love it. I haven't seen it in a long time, so <laughs> it's been a minute, but I probably should watch it now that I have my, the, the, my daughter with me. So, Do you still have those or at least one copy? I personally, that's a great question. I don't have a copy of it, actually. Um, I know that we we had a couple copies they sent to us that we had to sign and send back, but we didn't get to keep any of those, and I know that they only sent us a handful, so I actually didn't get a copy. If I watch it, I'll probably just rent it off iTunes or something. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, yeah. It would be cool if they just sent us, like, unlimited versions of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be tight, right? <laughs> And what was it like to be able to hear your music playing in a movie? Oh my gosh, it was so cool. Like I remember the first time that I actually heard it was in a movie theater. Like so when credits, not credits, when like previews started becoming, you know, more live action rather than just like pictures. I don't know if you how old you are, but back in the day, credits weren't like moving pictures. They were just like, you know, pictures of like the movie coming out and then it would skip to the next one. But I remember for the first time seeing ours was in a movie theater and it was like a, it was a, it was just a song playing in the background of like, um, it wasn't necessarily uh, like a trailer, but I think they might've had like a playlist on in the movie theater of like Harkins or whatever AMC. And that just happened to be part of, you know, the actual, like their playlist. So we lucked out on that too. They, they somehow threw our our song in like a playlist of Harkins or AMC. And that's, that's when I had people text me like, Oh my God, your song is like playing at the movies. And I'm like, I mean, I know it's in a movie, but it's not playing at the movies. And then I finally heard it myself. And I was like, Oh shit, they have us like in a playlist. That's, you know, part of, I don't know. It was really, really, really cool. Definitely didn't seem real. You know, I had to pinch myself, but that's definitely an achievement for sure. You know, like I said, it's a staple in my book. I'll never forget it. It's cool. Were you happy that you were asked to do the What's New Scooby-Doo theme song specifically? Or would you have liked a choice as to do, you know, like maybe the original Where Are You theme? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. When we got the pitch, I was like, yeah. I was like, so you're telling me that we get to redo the Scooby-Doo-Bee-Doo, where the original, you know, Scooby-Doo song. And they were like, no. So Simple Plan did this version. You guys get to cover it. And we we're like, oh, that's so cool. But it'd be so much cooler if we could do the other version. And, you know, in my head, I had like so many ideas for the Scooby-Doo song, but um, I was definitely a little bit bummed. I'll be honest. I was definitely a little bit bummed that we didn't do the original. However, I'm absolutely grateful that we got to do, you know, anything that re- that's, that happens that has Scooby-Doo in it, you know, so I can't be that upset about it, but I was a little bit bummed. I'll be honest, a little bit bummed. Definitely. <laughs> um <laughs> And did you know that they would be using that version ultimately to recreate uh, a, a mix between the Scooby-Doo Where Are You opening and the What's New Scooby-Doo opening? No, they didn't They didn't say anything to us. They just kind of like were, hey, what do you guys look like? Okay, let's get you guys in some clothes. Okay, let's make a music video. 
They never said if it was going to be in the movie or not. They never like gave us a thumbs up like, yeah, you guys did it. You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was just like, okay, thanks. And then we kind of just waited. And then eventually we got some CDs sent to us and some DVDs. And that's kind of how it worked. You know, we got to play to pay the fat flat fee for it. But we still get royalties for the for the song, which is great. But yeah, it was it was definitely a weird experience, but really, really cool. Really cool. And what was the recording specifically like? Um, so we recorded a song with Mike Green. Mike Green did like the early, early Paramore stuff. So this guy is like super awesome, really, really great. Honestly, like a musical genius. He helped us out a lot in the cover. Um, the cover was more super, it was more old school. So when Simple Plan did it, it was more just like kind of root notes, no lead lines. It's kind of, you know, uh, Pierre just kind of went through and sang the track and that was it. So we, we tried to spice it up a little bit more and Mike Green definitely helped us out with that. He definitely engineered it and like, had ideas for parts and, you know, like just, just to kind of spice it up a little bit. Cause we, you know, we had to make it a little bit different from theirs. Right. So, so um, it was great. It was a lot of fun recording that track actually. And I, I always try to think of like me in the, me in the booth when I was singing that song, like where I was in my life and like, you know, just everything. It, it's, it's cool to think about. It's like a flashback. <laughs> Can you elaborate more on what specifically you did to make your version Ann Arbor and not just, you know, doing an exact cover? Yeah, so um, Simple Plan's version is basically like the, the the simplest that it could be, right? So you have like the drums going, you have the guitar, and then you have a bass kind of just filling it out and Pierre singing over the top. We added a bunch of lead lines. We added some drum. We made it into swing. So instead of like straight one, two, three, four, it's like a swing. So it's one and two and three and four. So it's an actual swing version of the song, which is really cool. And we that's like kind of our that's kind of Ann Arbor styles to make it more swing, more rock. So we definitely added more rock elements to it and made it more swing, which is really cool. And you mentioned that you had never heard the Simple Plan version originally, but um, have you met the Simple Plan guys? Are you close with them? Have you talked about being on Scooby at all? Um, you know what? We did a tour in Australia with them. We did the Australian Warp Tour, but the schedules, unfortunately, were so off that we never got a chance to hang out with them. But I would love to chat with them about the song. You know, it's cool that we both did a version of it. Yeah, definitely. I would love to chat with them. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. I think we should go and do like a split song with them. That'd be sick. <laughs> that would be amazing. And I would love that so much. Cartoon Network needs to hit us up. Let's do it. Yeah. We got, we're going to make it happen. We're making it happen. Yeah, that'd be great. And um, have you slash would you ever play the, your version of What's New Live? That's a great question. Um, I think if enough people wanted to hear it, I think me and Danny could make that happen. Yeah. I know that my three-year-old would probably fucking love if I played that song. So um, we might have to do it here soon. <laughs> Definitely. Do you still play You and I live at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we still play that song. We still We still try to play like a good mixture of like our old stuff and our new stuff, even though, you know, we're, we've been a band for like 17 years. So it's hard, really hard for us to make set lists that can reach out to everybody and get every, you know, get every song that everybody wants to hear because we only have a certain amount of time, you know? So we struggle with that every time we play a show is putting in an old stuff with new stuff, but we definitely, you and I is still part of the, uh, the lineup. So. How did you see your fan base kind of grow and change after working on Scooby? Um, it was funny because, you know, we never really had any younger kids come to our shows, but after the Scooby-Doo thing, we had like, like I'm talking like toddlers, like three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds coming to our shows. And I think that kind of threw us off a little bit because we're a Phoenix rock band, you know, that was out of high school. Like we're kind of just kids that were kind of rough around the edges, you know? So it was, it was cool and also a little bit weird for us to see, you know, little kids coming to our shows, but we, we got, we loved it, you know, 
I, I, I personally enjoyed seeing, you know, kids light, you know, light up singing you and I, I think that's great. I, I love the fact that kids like that song. So it was definitely a shock and definitely a little bit weird for us, but, um, you know, it just took a little bit of adjustment and, you know, we, we, we figured it out. So. And what was it like to have people come up to you and say, you know, they found it, found out about your band through Scooby-Doo? Happens a lot. And I, I'm more than grateful because Honestly, the more people that hear a band, the better through Scooby-Doo. I, I'm still shocked that people still to this day say they found the through, found us through Scooby-Doo. It still blows my mind. You know, Scooby-Doo is such, it's such a staple in my childhood. And I guess apparently everybody else's childhood too, that people are still watching it. Like I said, my three-year-old still watches Scooby-Doo. So I, I am just honored to be a part of it. Honestly, I'm so honored. And if I could be, if I could do anything more for Scooby-Doo, I would. <laughs> And so what was filming the You and I music video like? What was the process like? So um, basically, we just, you know, we, we showed up on a day off on our tour. We showed up. Um, it was just the five of us. Um, I think in the video, I oh, know there's just, sorry, there's four of us. We had a ba- we had a girl bass player before that we just got rid of her on that tour. So we, she had left the band um, and I took over the bass. So I was still pretty new to the bass. But um it was cool. Like I said, you know, that there was a lot of people there, a lot of uh, a lot of makeup. We had to go through a whole makeup process. I mean, after the makeup, they had like all these different scenes around the warehouse set up for us. And they'd be like, OK, Slade, you're up. And then, you know, I'd go up and, you know, they they freshen me up with some makeup and then they would put me in my costume and then I'd go and then they would call somebody else up after I was finished. Then they had like the whole band scene at the very end where they make make gave us all makeup and put us all in these cool costumes. And, uh, you know, press play and we kind of just did the performance shots and then we finished it but it, it was kind of an all-day thing it took literally from the morning to the night it was an all-day thing and where did the idea come from to have it be scooby-doo-esque was that from uh people involved with the movie yeah i think i think cartoon network they already had the treatment written up for us and we just kind of were like you know what whatever you guys want to do we'll do so we signed on to their contract it wasn't us that writ- that wrote the contract they had somebody else kind of go through and do it so Okay. Yeah. It was like a, it was a more of a Cartoon Network side of things. Near the end of the video, you guys are playing while wearing like the ghost costumes and. Yeah. Yeah. Were you wearing them for the other shots that the ghosts are present too? Um, gosh, it's been so long. So I think the, the, the main point of the video is we are the ghost the whole time, I think, or like one of us is the ghost and we like, we're just kind of playing a joke on Scooby. So, um, we are the ghosts the whole time are the monsters. And then at the very end, it kind of reveals us as the monsters. So I think there's like little hints in the video that kind of shoot that, that, yeah, we are the monsters and the whole thing, but yeah. And so there's two versions of the video. There's one on the bonus features of the movie. And I think that's the one that would have aired on Cartoon Network with um, yeah, like shots from the movie actually interspersed in. Yes, 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 yes. Did you actually see that on Cartoon Network at all? I think I might have seen that a couple times on Cartoon Network. Like I said, I didn't have any kids at the time and I was like traveling all the time because of the band. So I wasn't watching a lot of TV, but I would get a lot of texts that were like, we're watching you on Cartoon Network right now. And I would just be like, wow, this is, you know, this is nuts. You know, this is crazy. What was it like to have people texting you that? It was, it was honestly really, really cool. You know, I mean, even though it's a child, like I watched Cartoon Network growing up. It just felt, I felt like we finally accomplished something that was, you know, that our parents would be proud of. You know, that was like our first staple in the music industry for Ann Arbor to like actually show what we've got. And for a while we were like the Cartoon Network band or like the Scooby-Doo band. But obviously 
that kind of faded off because we have so much more, so many, so many more songs, you know. So we didn't mind it. We we took every every grain and we ran with it. We loved it. Was there ever any like negative impact from like you know hardcore rock fans who were like, "Oh, you're the Scooby Doo band"? Of course, we had people like you guys sold out, and it was like, "How can we sell out when we haven't even we're like we have like no listeners, we have no followers." Like, if anything, Scooby Doo completely helped this band get to where we are now, you know, and it still is helping us every day by everybody that watches it. So we got a little bit of negative feedback that was like, you guys are now the Scooby-Doo band. And it was like, yeah, but is that a bad thing? You know, like we still have other songs. We still have great songs, you know? So we didn't let that really get to us. And we just kind of kept going. And obviously it's just kind of a staple in our history, you know, that we've done. It's just a cool thing that we've been a part of that we've been able to be a part of, you know? So definitely. And although your songs were used in a live action movie, if the chance arose, would you want to be animated into an episode of Scooby-Doo? Oh my God, that'd be so awesome. That'd be so sick. Like I said, we watched the What's in Scooby-Doo with Simple Plan and they have an episode where Simple Plan's actually in it. And I'm like, oh my God, that'd be so sick if they did us. That'd be so epic. So yes, please hook us up. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Love to be a cartoon. What would you want the plot line to oh, be like? Man. <laughs> oh man oh god i haven't even thought about this gosh it'd have to be like a haunted like i don't know i like haunted houses so maybe like a haunted house but it'd have to be more than that like see you're getting me on the spot here this is crazy i've never even thought about that i love the idea though now i gotta think about that <laughs> definitely gotta gotta write and pitch one yeah that's a great question great question and so moving a bit more broadly here, why do you think that a cartoon series about a talking dog solving mysteries uh, has been able to stay popular throughout various incarnations for over 50 years now? I think it's just so relatable. I think everybody can relate to Scooby-Doo because it's just like, it's a hungry dog. I feel like everybody's, it's like a stoner series, you know, they're, they might be hungry or whatever, but they kind of solve mysteries and it's kind of scary, keeps you on your toes. You know, it's just like a classic cartoon that just never faded. And you can always just keep writing scary stories, you know, there's like no end to that. So you put a gang of kids in it with a dog, like, that's just, it's just perfect. You know, it's just a perfect storm. I love it. I feel like it'll never die. I hope it never dies. Gosh, I love Scooby-Doo. I wanted to chat a little bit more about Ann Arbor, because uh, you guys haven't released music in a couple years. Uh, so how does it feel to have your new single out? Oh my gosh, it feels great. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, it's been a couple of years. Me and Danny have been working. We we kind of put the band off for a year, just kind of recoup with ourselves. And, you know, there's a lot going on with just personal stuff. And we let that happen. Then we came back and, you know, kind of recouped ourselves and getting ready for this new release. We have new management. So everything's going really good. You know, we just kind of take it one step at a time. We don't have a record label. It's all, it's all released by ourselves. So um, it's all a learning process. You know, honestly, it's like I'm the boss of my own company and it's, it's all learning curve and it's all it's all really interesting. I'm learning a lot. It's great. I couldn't be happier. So I read that you guys are going to be releasing songs one at a time from the EP. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, correct. So they're going to be spread out between like six to seven weeks. Um, and then the whole EP will be out by July. So. Okay. And why did you guys decide to release it that way? Um, since it's only three songs, we just wanted to get the maximum exposure to each song. So we want to make sure that everybody's got, you know, whether a couple weeks or two, you know, we don't want to release them too soon. We want to take up your summer. So put that song on repeat until the next song comes out. And by the end of the summer, 
everything should be out and we're going in to record a record july 27th so um yeah we're on we're on to the next move already so everything should be out by 2021 we're really excited awesome yeah that sounds great i'm super excited for that yeah it's been a minute so it's like we're we're super pumped it's it's really exciting uh what can fans expect from the rest of the songs on tangerine so we're keeping it upbeat with this we're not doing anything too crazy we're keeping it um basically it's just me and danny that wrote these two me danny and matt so um we're just trying to keep it simple nothing crazy nothing you know out of the realm of ann arbor basically just good pop rock for now until the record comes you guys will get a little bit more of uh, a little bit more experimental stuff but um the ep is real real nice easy pop you know nothing too crazy and what's your personal favorite on the ep my favorite is the last song tasty i love tasty it's one of my favorites yeah and that that'll be the last song released so we released find a way um next releasing tangerine and then the third song is gonna be tasty so okay very excited yeah moving uh a bit larger here what's your favorite ann arbor song of all time oh man um let's see can i give you two so i have two um i love an old one called um always dirty never clean okay because that's just like the root of the band you know where we've always been kind of punk rock even though we may not the music may not be super punk rock but we've just kind of been kind of kids just kind of do what we want you know and when the record industry came about and took us seriously it was hard for us to take them seriously as as kids you know so we were just writing music that was like about not conforming not wearing you know these like deep v-necks and neon clothes you know just like kind of being yourself i think was the most the main main part of the band so I just want to make sure that we spread that throughout the, you know, the music and what we got coming out. Just keep that vibe, you know, just be yourself. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. And what was the second song? The second song is, um, I would say, Take My Pain Away, just because it's about being away from, you know, the people that you love the most. And when you're on tour for, for a certain amount of time, it's hard to, it's hard to keep relationships, you know, alive when you're gone for so long even when it comes to family and of course when it comes to maybe a girlfriend or a boyfriend you know it's just it's just hard being away for a long period of time so that song is just kind of like how we really felt when it came like we were on tour for so long so we wrote that song we were on the road and it just like really hits home whenever i listen to it i love take my pain away too oh thank you i love that right on um and so a bit of a weird question here i was on your instagram and can you just tell me a little bit more about the tortoises Oh, yeah. So I have four tortoises, me and my girl. Um, they're sulcata tortoises. And basically, um, yeah, we just spoil the crap out of them. They're super interesting. They're like little dinosaurs that you have in like 2020. And they're they're very friendly. Um, they love water. They love to eat grass. We love to give them fruit. But I started that whole, whole uh, Instagram for them because I feel like I don't know. I feel like they need to get more exposure. You know, people love watching. I at least I love watching the meat. So I feel like maybe people would too. Definitely, that is awesome. <laughs> They're super cool. And yeah, we had that photo shoot, and I was like, let's just get them involved. You know, so we did. That is so perfect. Yeah, it actually worked out really, really well. Awesome. Um, and I think just before we end, do you have any recent projects besides the EP and you know the upcoming album that you want to promote? Um, I mean, right now I'm basically focused on Ann Arbor. We're getting ready to suit up for this new record. So keep a lookout for the new Ann Arbor stuff. I always am doing music though. So if you go to my, you know, my personal profile, 
I have a YouTube series that I did with Rudy. Um, I have another uh, band that's called Wolfpack that I've been in. And, you know, we just have music coming out all the time. But right now, Ann Arbor's got new music, so I'm, I'm focused on them. We have a new record coming out by the end of 2020 and a new EP out by July. So um, just keep keep a lookout on streaming, on our Instagram, on our Facebook, and all that cool stuff. And if you like Ann Arbor, then we'll get new music. So. And what are your social media channels? What are they called where people can, you know, find a way to get yeah. in touch with you? That was so cheesy. Yeah, I'm right sorry. on. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, so if you can find a way to find us, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just search Ann Arbor. Um, if it's not Ann Arbor, it's either Ann Arbor or Ann Arbor Band. Um, you can find us anywhere We're on all platforms, including TikTok, um, which we need more followers on. So if you have a TikTok, go follow us. Um, we're also on Twitch. We do live streams every Thursday um, where we play live songs, answer any questions. And uh, mostly the people that, that tune in on Thursdays get a little extra, you know, love just because we should, we play them new music and we play the EP for people. So if you're bored, come jump on on our uh, live streams on Thursday and hang out with us. But uh, yeah, besides that, listen to Ann Arbor and stream us. We love you forever. It's great. Perfect. Um, I think that covers all the questions that I had. Is there anything else that you wanted to chat about at all, whether... Uh, it's something that I didn't ask you about Scooby or anything Ann Arbor related. No, I think you nailed it. I mean, do you like love Scooby-Doo? Is this like your thing? Because I'm all about it. I love it. I'm, I support it 100%. Yeah, no, I have loved Scooby-Doo forever. Well, super cool. Right on, Alexa. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And that concludes today's episode. Another huge thank you to Slade Echeverria for being on the show. It was a pleasure. For more groovy content, be sure to check out Unmasked SD on Twitter, at Unmasked SD Podcast on Instagram, or at UnmaskedSDPodcast.com. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, also make sure to check those social media channels or the website. Or you can listen to older episodes wherever you like to get your podcast fix. And if you want to follow Slade or Ann Arbor, you can check them out on pretty much every social media channel under Ann Arbor or Ann Arbor Band. Also, if you're a Scooby fan but haven't checked out Ann Arbor yet, especially if you like their songs in Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins, I highly recommend listening to their new single, Find A Way. Thanks for listening, and keep an ear out for the next episode. Scooby-Dooby-Doo!